Hello, and welcome to Coaster Kings Radio. I'm Ian, and today we continue our ongoing mini-sode series, The Regional Park Story. Today, Marriott International stands as the world's largest hotel chain, but its roots are actually in the hospitality business at large. The corporation can be traced to 1927, when John Willard Marriott and his wife Alice opened a root beer stand in Washington, D.C. Eventually, the couple decided to sell foods and named their new restaurants Hot Shops. The chain quickly grew in popularity throughout the D.C. metro. In 1957, they would acquire their first hotel, and as they began to expand into the hotel business, the company was renamed from Hot Shops Incorporated to the Marriott Corporation in 1967. It was in the midst of this expansion and diversification that plans were developed to open a chain of theme parks. As has been mentioned before, the 1976 Bicentennial proved irresistible cannon fodder for theme park designers. And what better place to celebrate that than in Marriott's home of Washington, D.C., an area which, as Taft and Bush had also discovered, was underserved by a theme park. Two additional metro areas were identified as viable, the Chicago-Milwaukee region and the San Francisco Bay Area. The suburb of Gurney, Illinois, located around an hour from both Chicago and Milwaukee, was chosen for the Midwestern Park, while the orchard town of Santa Clara, California, located an hour south of San Francisco, was chosen for the California Park. Locations in both Maryland and Virginia were proposed for the D.C. Park, but local opposition eventually resulted in the cancelization of the park in the market it was originally conceived for, a story that would repeat itself when Michael Eisner sought to build Disney's America in the same region 20 years later. It's worth noting that Marriott was far from the hospitality juggernaut we know now, and while certainly an established company, what they were proposing was not only unprecedented, but a significant risk. The company proposed three nearly identical theme parks to be named Marriott's Great America. The design would be led by Randall Duell Associates, who saw this as his most ambitious and most loop-like layout to date. The park was designed with six areas, Hometown Square, an all-American town in the 1920s, complete with a replica of Marriott's first hot shop, the Great Midwest Livestock Exposition and County Fair, an old-fashioned county fair complete with rides and games, Yukon Territory, a mining town during the Klondike Gold Rush, Yankee Harbor, a New England harbor town, New Orleans Place, meant to represent New Orleans in the 1850s, and the park's entrance, Carousel Plaza, which would feature the world's largest double-decker carousel as the park's icon. These lands were arranged in a clear circular Um, shape, allowing for a maintenance, employee, and auxiliary buildings to be placed right in the center of the park. Duel's design also allows for a full-size maintenance road to run straight through the parks. Duel created essentially a budget-friendly version of Walt Disney World's infamous tunnel system. Duel's design was also accommodating to expansion and redevelopment, and most parks' auxiliary buildings are built on the outskirts, which means that these buildings often stand in the way of park expansion. Not in the case of Great America, where this backstage area is at the heart of the park, and in both Great Americas, often those buildings have remained the same since 1976. The design work Duel did for the Marriott Parks remains amazing. The consistent styling between the themed areas allows for cohesiveness throughout the parks, and covered bridges were used to divide multiple areas, allowing for that maintenance road to exit the core of the park seamlessly. 
The park also was designed with numerous water features and an earthen railroad berm, which was used to create a sense of natural landscape, despite the parks not being designed for their specific locations. The rides that Marriott and Duald integrated into the park were also state-of-the-art. The park was designed with two large-scale steel coasters on its right side. One of Arrow's first custom loopers, the turn of the century, graced the park's county fair area, and the spiraling Schwarzkopf jumbo jet Willard's Whizzer was located in Hometown Square. With these two coasters, Marriott had top-of-the-line models from the two major steel coaster manufacturers of the era. The park's design balanced these coasters with an impressive pair of interlocking arrow flumes on the park's left side, the Yankee Clipper Hydro Flume for Yankee Harbor, and the Loggers Run Log Flume for Yukon Territory. For transportation, the park was designed with a narrow-gauge railroad encircling the park. Although rather brilliantly, Duel chose to locate the Carousel Plaza and part of New Orleans Place outside of the berm, making for some wonderful landscaping and trestle bridges within the park a trolley connecting Hometown Square to New Orleans Place, and a Von Roll Skyride from New Orleans Place to County Fair, which ran the length of that maintenance corridor. Quite brilliant, since, student, since guests would have to basically crane their necks to look directly down and see the backstage area, and instead look outward and see the panoramic views of the themed park. The park's ride lineup was rounded out by a robust collection of flat rides, most notably the Columbia Double-Decker Carousel and Skyworld Triple Ferris Wheel, an antique arrow car ride, actually two for the Illinois Park, and kiddie rides integrated throughout the park's various lands. Notably missing was an expensive dark ride, and by this point it had become clear that rides were what worked at regional parks, and Marriott made up for this with a robust lineup of live entertainment. As a final cherry on top, Merritt acquired the rights to the Looney Tunes characters, including Bugs Bunny, giving them the most iconic theme park mascot since Mickey Mouse, complete with felt hats sporting bunny ears instead of mouse ears. The agreeable Northern California climate meant the California park was the first to open, holding its grand opening on March 20th of 1976, with the Illinois park opening two months later on May 29th. Marriott's strong hospitality background was proven when both parks had successful first season, and the expansion soon followed. In 1977, they would bring the Schwarzkopf Shuttle Loop tidal wave to the Santa Clara Park, while Gurney would get a set of flat rides, the Skytrek Intimate Observation Tower, and an additional Von Roll Skyride, the Southern Cross. 78 came with the tidal wave for the Gurney Park and the California's first IMAX theater, the Victorian for the Santa Clara Park. And this back and forth of development would continue with a Sky Tower for Santa Clara in 1979 and an IMAX theater for Gurney in 79. It was clear, even in the design phase, that Illinois Park would have a higher need for attractions and capacity, but the twin nature of the parks allowed ideas to be developed for both parks, tested in one park and brought to the other, or simply just for one. Marriott had obviously thought about park expansion within their park's designs. In 1980, both parks would debut a clever remodel of their turn-of-the-century Aero custom corkscrews into The Demon, one of the first coasters to have foreign versions. Aero would come in and replace the ride's initial airtimes hill, hills with back-to-back -back vertical loops. Something Marriott excelled at was marketing for their parks. The tidal wave was a viral phenomenon in Northern California, with I Survived the Tidal Wave being a slogan remembered fondly by many Bay Area natives. The demon's marketing was so effective that the park actually received protests for the coaster's demonic theme. 
Marriott also utilized top-of-the-line commercial musicians and developed a whole slew of memorable music for the parks, which included the Carousel Song and the now-beloved Demon Song. Notable additions after the Demon include American Eagle, a record-breaking double-tracked wooden coaster which opened in Gurney in 1981, the Edge, a first-generation Intamin freefall ride which opened in 1982 in Illinois and 83 in Santa Clara, California, and the Intamin Roaring Rapids ride to Gurney in 1983. By 1983, Marriott was losing interest in the project. While profitable, the parks took a significant amount of management, and the numbers weren't especially impressive. It was decided that it would be better to sell the parks and refocus on the corporation's core business of hospitality. Bally Manufacturing, which was the parent of Six Flags, purchased Gurney Park in 1983, rebranding the park as Six Flags Great America in 1984. Then land in Santa Clara had always been more valuable, and a developer was quick to offer to buy the park and redevelop it to homes. The city of Santa Clara wanted to keep the land as a theme park, and eventually the park was sold to the city, who brought in King's Entertainment to run the park. The sales chaos of the Santa Clara Park meant the park remained Marriott-owned for one year longer than its Midwestern sibling, simply being redubbed Great America in 1985 when ownership fell to the city. Under different owners, the park still shared some common DNA. Both parks would be among the first to open B&M coasters, with Illinois's Iron Wolf in 1990 and California's Vortex in 1991. The pattern would repeat itself when Illinois opened the first B&M inverted coaster, Batman the Ride, in 1992, which was followed by Top Gun in 1993 for the California Park. But at the end of the day, Six Flags Great America simply holds a greater market share than California's Great America, which would experience two other ownership shifts when Paramount acquired the park in 1983 and Cedar Fair in 2006. In June of 2022, Cedar Fair announced their sale of California's Great America to Prologis, a Bay Area real estate company with the intention of leasing the land until the park's eventual closure within the next 10 years. This means it is likely that if there is a future for the Santa Clara Park, it will be with yet another owner. On November 2nd of 2023, Cedar Fair and Six Flags shocked the theme park world by announcing the merger of the two park chains into one company. And while people were quick to speculate what this meant for all parks in the chains, it quietly also represents the reunion of the two Great America Parks, after nearly 40 years operating under different owners. If Santa Clara remains open to 2026, the parks will be able to celebrate their first significant anniversary under the same owner, their 50th. As for Marriott, the corporation will continue to grow and expand, eventually splitting into two companies in 1993, Marriott International Incorporated, which oversees hotel franchising and operations, and Host Marriott Corporation, now hosts hotels and resorts, which manages hotel and resort real estate. Although their operation of the parks lasted less than 10 years, the company still seems to look fondly on their successful foray into theme parks. The Great America Parks are included in Marriott International's company history and timeline. Marriott International remains headquartered in Bethesda, Maryland, just north of Washington, D.C., and one has to wonder if this story would have been different if the third flagship Great America in D.C. had opened. While both parks have had, and continue to have, challenges and shortcomings, it is undeniable that Marriott developed two of the finest theme parks in the United States, and their work with Duel could be argued to be the pinnacle of regional parks that Duel developed. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this mini-episode, please leave a comment or a rating wherever you're listening. 
You can find interesting articles, exclusive updates, and a range of theme park-related merchandise at thecoasterkings.com. For Coaster Kings, this is Ian O'Donnell. Join me next week as we continue exploring the regional park story. Harbor and New Orleans.